Right, are you ready? Certainly am. Hello, and thank you for listening. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was badly done. <laughs> I thought it was going to be—I thought it was going to be me with a belch because I'd just taken a big swig of that fizzy drink. No, apologies. <laughs> Oh, it's, right. it's getting late with a day and I've started talking again like yeah that's it and it starts messing around with <sighs> the throat and that right sorry that's okay right just I'm trying to think don't get the giggles now god that that takes me back <laughs> as well those episodes where we just like corpse before recording oh my word right here we go come on we can do this Hello and thank you for listening to episode 216 of 60 Minutes with Biz. Blah, blah, blah. Let's start wow. again. Oh, I was holding it in very well. Yeah. Half didn't want to laugh, half didn't want to cough. <laughs> a laugh and a cough. <laughs> <coughs> right. Hmm. Take three. Yes. Hello and thank you for listening to episode 216 of 60 Minutes With. This is the December and January Decade of Decadence show. I'm Dave and joining me as always is the man. It's He's in another decade with me now. It's Tom. Hello. Tom, we're in Hello. the future, mate. We're in the future. As we enter our second decade of podcasting together. We are. Oh my God. That's gone by like so quick from 2012 to now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely nuts. We're just doing a little bit of reminiscing before we came on. And, uh, yeah, it was eight years this summer mm. coming out. Crazy, Unreal. mate. Unreal. And it's like, obviously, you know, the 80s or another decade behind. It's like 30 years since the 1980s finished now. Yeah, and we still won't let it go. No. <laughs> <laughs> nor should we. No, nor will we ever. Absolutely not. Mm. I was thinking as well, because the previous decade, obviously, there was a lot of 80s nostalgia uh, everywhere, you know, and we've talked about things, you know, with Glow, yeah. for example, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking that now we're another decade removed for this, you know, all during, you know, the 2020s. Are the 90s going to be the new 80s? Oh, they sort of are already. There's not a lot of 90s stuff come back in, you know, just how popular stuff like Friends is. I think it's shit, but you know, it's, you know, like <laughs> that sort of thing. I think there's already an existing wave of 90s nostalgia. Mm. I tell you what, actually, one thing I saw on the tube um, earlier this month. With people dressed up like the 20s. Like, like the, the 1920s, sorry. Oh, my <laughs> word, what? Yeah, let's not bring that back. <laughs> yeah. just like, it was literally January the 7th. And I was just like, man. We're in the 20s now. Oh, my God. Uh, yes, so it's like... Are. There's no need to dress up like, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking that there must be a name for the specific hats that the women wore. They were like a little bowl that were curled up at the edges. That you was the twenties, yeah. I think. Yeah, I remember. I was only little then, but I do remember <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so it'd be suits for the guys, probably yeah. a little bit baggy suits. Spats would that be on the feet? Would was spats yeah, the twenties or the thirties? Ready to do the Charleston? Was that? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Was... But uh, yeah, I was just like, ready. Yeah, that's a bit scary. You know what is scary, mate? 
is that the original Blade Runner is now in the past. <laughs> I saw somebody tweet uh, a few weeks ago and it, there was a screen grab from Blade Runner and it said November 2019. And it was like, holy shit, is, is Blade Runner now set in the past? It is. It's old news. <laughs> I, mean, I, can't, I have to think of films that are set in 2020 now or 2021. And what's yeah. our next? What's our next milestone in the? Uh... Yeah, we've gone past. We've gone past Back to the Future. We've gone past Blade Runner. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty it, of others. It's like Total Recall. That's way later, isn't it? That's like we won't see that. No, that's just what popped into my head now. Yeah, we won't mm. see Total Recall. Yeah, we've, we've gone past Judgment Day a long time ago. Yeah, we did. Well, it didn't end. So, I'd love to hear anybody listening to this. Any, you know, if. If there's any that we haven't thought of, you know, that's now past, that was in the future, movie-wise. I'm sure, you know, obviously the 1950s sci-fi films and all that kind of stuff, but fairly recent-ish films, especially 80s films that were set in the far-flung future of, you know, 2007. Yeah, it's always fun seeing them. Everyone's got ballots. <laughs> but there's a lot of 80s stuff going on. I mean, you sent me uh, a link on WhatsApp about it was uh, in Empire, the February February this year issue of Empire. Yeah, the and, last issue. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a great piece about Tango and Cash. Yeah, yeah, really good. Which I didn't realise was the last hot big Hollywood film released in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, that was it. Like December eighty or November December eighty nine, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, so, yeah it would have been. and talk about a troubled production that film oh, had. Oh, yeah, that's, I think I wanted to know more. There's a book there, I think. I think there is a book. Everything that went on with that just sounds completely bonkers. How they were, and I'm sure it happens a lot where they start making a film, and they haven't got a finished script. And obviously, you know, Stallone was changing it all the time because it was that period of his career where, you know, his ego was bigger than his muscles, and it's yeah, it just seemed to get completely out of control. So how a finished film got put together with that, I've got no idea whatsoever. And, yeah, and you know, I enjoy the film, so mm, yeah. So, you know, I know a lot of people, I know some people don't. The article was, it wasn't sniffy about it, but, you know, it wasn't like it didn't, it didn't hold it in the same regard as we do. Let's put it that way. So, yeah. Um, one thing, just going back to like, you know, like film setting, the thing. Have you seen this thing today about the doomsday clock? No, I haven't. What's this? So they do this thing. Oh, I can't remember what it is. They do this thing every year where they have a, like, like how close to midnight it is. And they've been doing it since like the 60s. Hmm. Uh, now um, and I guess midnight is when like when it gets to midnight that's when the world ends okay and it's now gone forward to 100 um, minutes to midnight I think it was which is 20 minutes more than last year it's jumped 20 minutes and if there's only 100 yeah, minutes left yeah, 2019 wasn't um, I'm just yeah doomsday clock is now set 100 seconds to midnight holy shit and the clock had been set at 2 minutes to midnight since 2018 um the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, which is a metaphor for humankind's proximity to global catastrophe. But, like, okay, we're now at 100 seconds to midnight, but, like, we're going to get to three years' time or something, or five years' time, when it's, like, we're, we're at midnight and we're still here. <laughs> but it seems... It seems uh, yeah. Are they going to have doomsday saving time or something and put it back an hour? <laughs> Yeah, but it, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That'd yeah. be good. That's that's um, one out for them though, isn't it? They could do that straight away. 
but the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists informs the public about risks from nuclear weapons, climate change and disruptive technologies. And they have almost 49,000 followers on Twitter. So what do we know? Maybe the world is ending. Yeah, we'd better watch as many films as we can then, mate. Yes, and we can watch them and track them on Letterboxd, which you have now joined. Yes, through... Well, it's through you, basically, that I've got it. I've heard you talk about it so many times. And, you know, when you've come here and you've shown me it and you kind of knew it looked it looked really good but i've always thought the reason i never got it was you know i've been watching films since well obviously since a kid but really getting into watching films since the 1970s i i'm never going to remember every film that i've watched and you know with a backlog so it got to january the 1st 2020 and i thought you know what what better date the first day of a new decade to start tracking what I watch. So I've done it from January the 1st. Oh, cool. Mm. Cool. Um, yeah, I've had it for like 18 months, two years, something like that. Um, it was last, uh, not Black Friday 2019, but 2018, where I got it on, I got the month, a year's subscription for cheaper and I renewed it this November. Um, and uh, but before that, I'd been using it for free version, but I went uh, went for the premium, which is well worth for fifteen dollars a year. Yeah, it's like what, pound a month, maybe not yeah. even that. Yeah, and it um like it, I actually loaded up all my IMDb check-ins, which I did all the time. Okay. Um, up till then, which I, I kind of stopped when I started using Letterboxd. But um, yeah, so that was from twenty twelve, but it lost half of twenty twelve somehow. Yeah. So I've got half of twenty twelve, and then every year. 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, obviously. And then, obviously, you've got, like, the cumulative... The, uh... My life in movies, <laughs> as they call it, which isn't totally amazing. accurate. I, I think it's, like, kind of accurate, because if you look at it, I want to pull it up... The statistics that you can follow, mate... I mean, because oh, I've looked at funny. yours, obviously, because, you know, you've had it for so long, and you can just look up all sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, like, for, movie freaks like us it's really yeah, good at my life in film now and like this is as i say 20 up to from 20 um started 2012 and lost half of 2012 2491 films 4346 hours 1613 different directors from 65 countries it's like and that's just for start and it gives you graphs of like what years yeah like what, <laughs> the and- highest rated decades what genre you watch most like it's invariably going to be thriller or drama there's so many fall under that um and then there's like lists of like um oscar best picture winners imdb top 250 how many of them have you watched and um most watched actors or actresses and who is go on i've i want to know both of those well you'll you'll love this because the most watched uh, actor is 39 movies of stallone oh well done and then Arnold, <laughs> then Arnie and Charles Bronson time for third. Samuel L. Jackson's going to be in everyone's after they do it a while because he's just in so many films. <laughs> um, actress. Um, oh, no, there's no actress in my top 20. Oh, Tom. Oh, yeah. oh. Well, that's not my fault. It's <laughs> the film industry, not casting. <laughs> Enough actresses in lead roles. Um, director is Walter Hill and John Carpenter tied because you could do like the... That's good. And then it breaks down into like most watched producers, writers, editors, cinematographers, sound composers, all sorts. Like a map of the world, which which countries you watch films from. You can spend ages just like 
looking at stats, can't you? It's, oh, you know, my God. So, and every time I add a film, I see what it's done to my stats. <laughs> I like reading your little reviews that you put up. When you've watched a film, you always, you know, yeah, have a little review yeah. about it. So I always like reading those as well. Because yeah, sometimes got, it's only a sentence, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's, sometimes that's all you need as well because you have, like most social media apps and you know you can use the website as, as well of course you have like an activity feed so you see you know you can you can follow people and they can follow yeah. you and then on your activity feed you can see what's you know tom watched rocky four which i'm sure will happen you know at least once a year anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and it'll come up you know with all that kind of stuff or you can add stuff to a watch list but it's good to always see okay tom watched whatever and i think oh, okay what what did Tom think of that? Even if it's a film you know, I'd watched before, you know, I'd like to know, okay, what did what did you think of it? So it's really good. You know, in, yeah. if only for that. But I don't know all the stats and tracking what oh. you do and all that. And it is, it's well, it movie, is good. But it's absolute, absolute heaven. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is really, really good. It's break it all down and, oh, it's, it's, it's good. I love it. Yeah, really likes, like, I if you've, like, when this comes out, it's the 23rd today, so, like, we'll be at the end of January, but if you've managed to keep a log of what films you've watched this month so far, or like, on paper or on your phone or what have you, and you don't mind just banging them into, adding them quickly to um, a website before the year gets any older, well, I can't recommend Letterboxd enough. It's amazing. Yeah, and it is really quick to add whatever you've watched. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's so simple and easy to use, but it's got that depth to it, like we've said, that you can just spend an absolute age just, you know, looking at stuff. Yeah, and I do my top ten and bottom five of the year lists um, <laughs> there as well um, at the end of each year, which is nice. You yeah, just... that, that's the thing. That's a, I'm glad you brought that up, mate, with lists that you can make. Because I, I've made, I think, three lists. So I've done one list for all the films that I'm watching for review on the website. And then I've made another list for these, you know, the films we watch for Decade of Decadence. Mm. And I've made another list for the films that we watch for um, the entertainment shows. So it's, yeah. you know, keeping track of that just to be extra geeky. You know, you can yeah, can you imagine if we like we'd uh, we'd have this for his picture house where we could just like log of all the films that we watch for his picture house picks. Oh <laughs> my God, that would be so good to look back on. <laughs> yeah oh man god there'll be some forgotten ones there but, oh, oh yeah. yeah but um yeah really recommended um just tangenting slightly one film and i don't think you've seen it yet um that i didn't leave a very short sentence long review for on there was cats oh no i haven't seen it yet oh my lord <laughs> <laughs> i have of course seen the trailer for it oh wow i had to go and see it the reviews were getting so venomous I was just like, I've got to see this film, and yeah. But, like, interestingly, like, the Prince Charles Cinema in London, of like, you know, they're doing a Jellicle Ball, you know, special, like, so bad it's good screening. And I'm just like, that's not what this film is. It's just bad. Yeah, I can imagine It's not this so. cult thing that's going to, you know, take off. It's just a bad film. But, uh, yeah, are the, are the effects really creepy, mate? Because from the trailer, and I know that they've they've gone back and redone some of the effects and yeah, re-released it, haven't they? Yeah, some of the CG, which isn't the problem, isn't even in the top five problems of that film. Um, yeah, like they're not going to change the fact that there's children or a face of you know mice with children's faces, and they're not going to be able to change Idris Elba's appearance when he takes his coat off and stuff like that. <laughs> And the fact that it's a you and it's so horny and they're all just licking themselves <laughs> and just rubbing each other. I'm just like, oh my God, kids are going to have so many questions about this film. <laughs> so, yeah, cats. 
Mm. <laughs> Go on then. I've got to. I've got to ask this now. Uh, how many stars did you give it on Letterbox? Because you mark things out of five stars, and you can give yeah, half. Um, you can give half. You can, a star. Give, you can have half a star, but yeah. I don't like using half a star. So I just one star is my absolute minimum, which is what it got. <laughs> oh my God, Not so the first film I saw last year. I didn't on my bottom five list. I didn't. Um, I didn't. I rated it second in my bottom five. And the worst one being the fanatic. <laughs> the fanatic, which may appear in another episode with uh, me and you and yes, somebody else yes, having a chat I'm about it. I'm going to end up referencing it a bit later in this episode as well. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> what else has been going on? Uh, Bill and Ted 3 Face the Music is out on August the 21st this year. Got to be getting a trailer for that soon, right? I think so, yeah. Oh, Everything else is getting trailers and I'm just like, where's Bill and Ted? Where yeah, is it? I'm looking forward to this. And just please, you know, please don't let me down. Please don't let me down. Yeah, I think there's enough people who did the original too that are still involved, so... Yeah. Which would? Uh, there's something that I am going to be talking about on the next entertainment show, but I just wanted to bring it up briefly with you, mate. Mm. And it's a show on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us. Uh, there has been yes. a, a show on there called uh, The Toys That Made Us, I think, and it's all about yeah. toys from the past, which has been good, you know, but there's a lot... Because it's American, there's been a lot of toys on that one that's, you know american based obviously yeah. and that weren't quite as popular over here in the uk so i hadn't got that connection with them whereas 80s movies i mean that's a different thing altogether of course yeah so it looks at the making of different movies and it's heavily 80s based in this in this first series because yes. they talk about dirty dancing home alone ghostbusters and die hard uh, and it shows about 50 odd minutes long yeah and i've got to admit mate me and tina sat and watched all four of them and in every single show, there was something that we didn't know. We were like, oh, really? well, I never knew that. You know, it's really interesting. And the way it put, is put together is really interesting. And, you know, the classic informative and entertaining. Yeah, it's quite, it's, it's a good light watch as well. Hmm. Um, I watched a Home Alone one over Christmas. And yeah, like you say, you didn't know it. Like the house, the interior was a set. Yeah. Like, wow, that was like that. <laughs> like I knew it probably wasn't the exterior, like the house we saw, at, you know, the outside. But... I assumed it was a house just by the job. Mm. So I yeah, want to try and so. forget that fact for the next time I watch Home Alone next Christmas. Let's <laughs> in a studio. <laughs> uh, something else that hit online over the Christmas period, mate, as well. And I think it was eight or nine minutes on YouTube was, uh, I think it's by the, the YouTube channel called, oh, I think it was Deep Fake, uh, where they did Home Stallone. Oh, yeah. And it, it's so good because they put like a young Sly's face <laughs> as the kid walking around. So it's not Macaulay Culkin. It is like a young Sly. But then the dad in it is like an older Sly's face that they've put on it. God. But they mix up the storyline. So it is, you know, it is clips from Home Alone, but with, you know, Stallone as a kid. The way it ends is absolute. It's just classic. <laughs> I, was like in a I don't want to give it away. But it adds a bit from another film uh, and completely changes the story of it all. So, yeah, have a look on YouTube. I think it's about eight or nine minutes. Just search for Home Stallone and you'll find it. But, it's yeah, it's really, really good. Oh, excellent. Mm. excellent. Um, not, well, it is, yeah, it is 80s related because they're, they're going to, well, there's rumours they are going to remake Jaws, which I know is from the 70s, but, I mean... If they do, that'll mean that the classic Jaws the Revenge will not be the last Jaws film. 
I always wondered, like Jaws, it's like they never touched it again. And there's so many shark films out, mm. and just and like you don't really need to. So you don't. And Spielberg do you? and Spielberg, you know, same thing. Like we didn't get, we never got any more Back to the Future, any more Gremlins because you know they're all Spielberg productions and stuff. I just thought it fell under that, like it was just going to get left alone because Spielberg. Yeah. Like where's my Schindler's List sequel? But. <laughs> We just yeah, I was just assuming like don't touch my movies. Yeah. I'm Spielberg, but oh that's unfortunate. Yeah, if it I mean we've said before, haven't we? There's a lot of film. You just don't touch. Just don't touch them. And like it's just like like you know, there was about three was it the other year where there was like about two or three shark people you know, people trapped in a shark cage movies just happened to come out at the same time. That's a Jaws sequel. Yeah. You know, what else are you gonna do? Like that one with Blake Lively on the on the island of a, of mm, a rock. Yeah. That's, that's a shark movie. There's just going to be another shark movie. And we've had loads of shark movies. Some have been all right. Some yeah. have been shit. You just don't, it's just too generic a film. It's like, it's like Die Hard's almost too generic a film, which is why they ended, you know, it's like Speed was Die Hard on a bus. And, mm. you know, we've had all these action films which can be described as Die Hard on a blank. So, yeah. I think it's just Jaws, I don't want to call Jaws generic, Jesus, but, you know, it's like, it's too. <laughs> By a film, a plot to, you know, it's there's going to be a shark, there's going to be peril. Yeah, exactly. So if, what? if they're going to do anything, they should make Jaws 5 and have Michael Caine return as that character. Yes. And he's still flying a light aircraft oh, like a loon. Uh, this is a hill I'm going to die on. Incorporate <laughs> some of the elements from a novelization of Jaws of Revenge, which, which told you how the shark understood the concept of revenge, which was voodoo. Oh, yes, let's get that voodoo shark in there. And also, yeah, like shark, all the Sharknados and, you know, all those, you know, all those films. I just think, like, it's pointless. Mm. So yeah. just leave the greatest shark film, Jaws of Revenge, alone. Yeah, because you know it'll be a CG shark as well. Oh, God, can you imagine? <laughs> Eater. Yeah, oh. no matter how well it's done, no, thank you, no. Right. Well, I, I'm that's that's me out of stuff. Uh, what have I got? You got anything uh, left in you? Always, always. <laughs> um, I'm going to see Guns N' Roses in May. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. The actual actual lineup for yeah, the Slash, Axl Rose, Duff McKagan lineup. I saw a lineup of Guns N' Roses at Download in 2006, which was Gun, um, Axl Rose and, and Mates, basically, which was pretty good. But yeah, I'm seeing them at Tottenham Hotspur stage. <laughs> I wish they'd have been marketed as Axl Rose and Mates, and that was like splattered all across the T-shirts and everything. <laughs> but, uh, no, that should be good. Apparently, so I got an email saying that the doors were at free, so I'm assuming it's going to be an afternoon of bands. Hmm. And who knows, maybe I'll be in London, living there by then, so... Yeah, who knows, mate? There could be all sorts of stories for that. Yeah. Up, up, oh, update on that, I'm applying for jobs. It's been it's only been a week, so... <laughs> <laughs> Everything is going on schedule. Yeah. At step forward, uh, mate. Little steps yeah. forward. I'm, uh, I'm downsizing... You, you won't like this bit. I'm downsizing my DVDs. I'm getting rid of bookcases. <gasps> oh. I've got a, a big 400-sleeve wallet thing, you know, like a mm. disc case... Um, that fits 400 discs and I'm losing all my DVD case. I'm binning them all off and putting my discs in a case. It makes a huge difference, that does. I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, got... you, you keep your sleeves, of course. Um, 
No, I mean just the disc. The sleeves and the cases gone. You're even losing the sleeve. It's the paper sleeve. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's hardcore, mate. I don't know if I could do that. Not on all of them. Like, ironically, I'm just looking up of a few I've got, and there's obviously signed ones, which I wouldn't part with. Mm. And there's like the Bill and Ted uh, Region 1 DVD box. It's just, it's just nice, and I like it, so I'm keeping it. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, signed stuff. Uh, just as a few sentimental value I don't want to get shot of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've got three bookcases. That's going to go down to two bookcases, Just for, and that's just going to be my Blu-rays. I'm just going to keep the Blu-rays in yeah. cases, and that's it. But, yeah, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> just big downsizing. <laughs> Have you got any sort of system where you know what DVDs you've got? I'm taking it. Here you go, then. Have um, you put them in the, into the case in alphabetical order? Yes. Yeah, they're in, they're in alphabetical order. I was thinking of, like, an app, like, profiling app, you know, like, you know, a collection app. But mm-hmm. I downloaded a couple, and it just, like, wasn't registering half of them. I was like, oh, this is going to take forever. Yeah. It's already going to take a while. Because I can in a shared house, I can only put so much in the recycling bin or the normal bin at at one time. So I can only do a couple of shelves a week or so. So um, hmm. yeah, I'm just putting them in alphabetical. Yeah, I've got to admit as well for my physical disc buy-in, uh, it's I can't even remember the last DVD. It is like Blu-ray or, yeah, or 4K. It's either or. Yeah, yeah. I think it was American Revenge was the last DVD mm-hmm. um, I it's, had. It's weird though, isn't it? Because now, and we've talked about it in the past, the amount of films that was released on VHS that was never released on DVD. Yeah, and we're already to, to the point where the amount of films that was released on DVD, which I've just said was you know a lot less than VHS, yeah, never released on Blu-ray. You know, you're getting progressively fewer and fewer as you go up through you know each each new format that comes out yeah yeah which it's, is which is why you need a physical collection like you know that we've got because yeah and you know stuff on netflix and prime is great as netflix and you know especially prime that we talk about with the, the you know it's not on there forever is it the stuff no. so no yeah um yeah it's best to best to own but you like yeah, it's weird downsizing. I've been going through it on some of them. I was just like, wow, I've had this since, since God, back when I lived in Fetford, back when I, you know, lived lived at home and all this, but like, can't keep it forever. So, mm-hmm. well, like you say, you still got the disc. You can still watch it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Know? And yeah. like, I'm upgrading films all the time, so I will be taking getting rid of discs from there as well. So yeah, that's what I do. Um, you know, if I buy something on Blu-ray and I've got it on DVD, well then the DVD can go unless there's something different on the dvd than there is on the blu-ray i've got a few of those where it could either be different special features that was on the dvd but isn't on the blu-ray i think i've got um i think i've got three different versions of day of the dead because some have got um different when i say different language i mean like different different spoken word english spoken word in it some they say different lines in it as well So just purely for the sake of that, it's like, well, I can't get rid of that because that's slightly different to that one, (laughs) which I know is a bit obsessive. But, you know, when you're a collector like we are, you know, things like that matter. Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. Shall we take a break now, mate, and then come back with what is going to be? It's your first time pick movie. (laughs) Yes, it is. And for those that don't know, that are new to these shows, we uh, this is where we... 
both watch a film we agree on before we start recording of course uh, that we've never seen before and it has to be 80s related in some way so yeah when we come back tom will tell you all about his amazing pick tell me what you want to tell me come on i've seen a rainbow i mean not just any rainbow i saw it land imagine this a normal neighborhood a normal family a normal boy about to experience the unbelievable you want me to follow you Maybe you saw a meteor crash. Listen, Mikey. Don't just dream the dream. Be the dream. But you gotta go out and find it. It's not gonna come to you. You gotta go out and chase the damn rainbow. going from the world. I can find the rainbow. What do you mean, Mikey? We've been too scientific. We've lost the magic. You fell down from the sky. You saw us? I saw colors. If you believe in magic, if you believe dreams can come true, then get ready for the ride of your life. Let me go, Mikey! And get ready to become a believer. Right, my movie pick was a 1995 movie, Rainbow, um, which was directed by Bob Hoskins and uh, also starred Bob Hoskins. Dan Aykroyd had a little extended cameo in it. Um, connection to the 80s, Hoskins and Aykroyd, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the time I chose it, I was reading a book about... Um, well, first I was reading. firstly, I was reading a book about the um, not ready for primetime players, the first batch of Saturday Night Live um, talent and what they went on to do. 
and then I was reading a book just about the history of Saturday Night Live and so I was just like oh yeah and then I was like oh this has got Dan Aykroyd in it and it's like man he was like we'll get into this in a minute but just like how his stock had fallen in such a short <laughs> period of time it was crazy um so yeah that's kind of reason I um chose it uh, the synopsis um is a rainbow appears after a stormy school day and four children embark on an adventure together they search for the end of a rainbow and the promises of gold and riches mm. this is a is a very it's a 4.2 on imdb also by the way and it's a very 90s movie isn't it oh it is yeah it is like and like it's been two months since i've seen it like as we said in our sort of group chat um the uh the podcast like i'm not watching it again (laughs) because because we didn't record in december and of course we watched you know both of these films in you know in december early december ready to record you know mid to late december now Uh, now, like i watched it quite close to when we were going to record but obviously december like is bound to be i don't know why we bother doing a show in december one of us is going to get ill yeah (laughs) it always happens yeah december's just like I know a lot of people love December for obvious reasons, but it's a bit of a shit month for a lot of people, and I, I'm not a massive fan of it. So, <laughs> no, um, everything everything ended up closing down for three weeks, which I think is going to be like an annual event. Now we'll just okay, let's just close everything down for three weeks, and we'll, it, yeah. we'll come back in the new year. So, one of my main memories of this, <laughs> there's not many, unfortunately. You're going to have to jog my memory on some stuff. <laughs> now they're doing some science at the start the kids at school mm. and like the soundtrack for something with background is just like make out music, like nineties rap make out music. <laughs> that's what all that's what all the little kids were into back. It was like the sort then. of music you'd hear on City Dragon, you know, like <laughs> or over room even worse, you know. Oh like, God, that is worse. Yeah, it was just like why are they doing these experiments to make out music? <laughs> that was one of my sole memories of it. Yeah, so it's very cheap looking. Oh, mate, I'll tell you, it's one of the notes I remember making was um, early on, you see Bob Hoskins as a magician, (laughs) right? And I use the term magician very loosely. The luck of it, for anybody that is familiar with Herschel Gordon Lewis films, you would have sworn it was an outtake from like The Wizard of Gore. Because it it looked like a Herschel Gordon Lewis film. Bob Hoskins directed it, and it it. Oh, I thought if all of the film is going to look like this, I was sort of conflicted because I really love Herschel Gordon Lewis films, but I wasn't expecting it from this. And then after that scene finished, the whole look of the film changed from that to what it looked like on Sesame Street. It looked like it got you know that visually it looks like I'm watching a weird episode of Sesame Street now, which was yeah. very very strange. I should also point out as well that when I opened up IMDb and typed in Rainbow, nothing came up for it. Not this film anyway. It was like are they trying to hide it? it was one of Bob Hoskins' last wishes in his will that it's like if anybody types in Rainbow into IMDb, don't show them this. You know, way. I had to type in Bob Hoskins into IMDb and then scroll back through. Well, it's quicker to go the films he did as a director, you know, because there's only four credits on there and you'll find it through that. Uh, but yeah, that's the first thing that struck me, mate, was like, this looks so cheap. 
So really, really cheap. I've got no idea what the budget was for it, but no, I was just looking for budget. The thing is, um, is the um, the budget was eight million dollars in nineteen ninety five or six. What? I would never have said anywhere near that. I'm now, sure is... Bob took at least three quarters of that for himself. <laughs> now this is interesting about how it looks. There's a lot about this film on Wikipedia on its Wikipedia page, by the way. Um, Rainbow was the world's first all-digital film and was shot in high-definition video. <laughs> they were uh, with it being okay. So then, so with that being new, they were not accustomed to you know how to light for that and yeah everything uh, associated with it because and again for that swap from that they must have either that first scene was was filmed first or last because there's definitely a shift in you know the cinematography of it between yeah. that first scene and the rest of it um shot entirely with sony's first solid state electronic cinematography cameras and featuring over 35 minutes of digital image processing and visual effects all post-production <laughs> sound effects editing and scoring were completed digitally that makes it sound as though the digital effects are something quite special when when you see them again it's like i could have sworn they were like old school you know just drawing onto onto film the way that they looked yeah. the but effects... then they had to get the hd image had to be transferred to a 35 mil negative for theatrical release so maybe that's where it went a bit with the look of it and right i mean this has brought up a good thing that i want to talk to you about is a lot of the story hinges on this, and we'll get into it at this, of course, but it's to do, without going into the finer detail at the moment, that the world starts to lose its colour. So you start off, you know, in a normal yes. world, and then the, the world goes into black and white. Mm -hmm. uh, ooh, it's spooky. And um, God, those people that dressed up in like the 1920s, they'd fucking love that, wouldn't they? Everything black and white. God, they'd fit in perfectly. Um, so. All all this is happening. That's sort of you know one of the main things that the one of the hooks of this film. But the effects they can't do the effects. It really it takes away from it. Where you think, oh, on the paper you think, oh, this will be quite interesting. And I was expecting, you know, maybe because it's all to do with a rainbow as well. Yeah. Each color from the rainbow would disappear one at a time. So red yeah. would go though, and orange, and then yellow, and then green, and then blue. You know, it'd go right through the rainbow, and each color would would go maybe that was the original idea on paper then they came to post-production and they thought how do we do this and they can't do it and they did like a real most of the film it's like you know it's when a, a really cheap film does uh night for day shots and it's like yeah. this weird sort of weird blue but it's not actually that's that's being um that's over praising it it doesn't even have that it's like it is like oh a murky off blue gray for most of the film and yeah. there's no gradual loss of color it goes from color to this really murky thing for the majority of it and then we get the finale where you know they either save the day or they don't um, no surprise it's what does happen so i thought that was that was like a terrible choice where they should have just taken it off the table because it doesn't work and it for me yeah. it detracted from the film yeah, yeah. And the film, to be honest, wasn't great either, so... <laughs> no, it wasn't. There was none of the characters I had any empathy for whatsoever. And they get in peril. And um, 
it's one of the kids, isn't it, that, that this finds out with this amazing like computer program. They know where the end of the rainbow is going to land, and they run to where the well, they cycle, bicycle, where the end of the rainbow is going to be for the pot of gold. And they get to the bottom of the rainbow, and they're sucked up into the rainbow. Um, yes. Where one of the kids, I made a note of what one of the kids says. So you're in a rainbow, right? And it's real. You're in this rainbow, and you're, you're sucked up into the air, and you're flying around, and you think, oh, the good gold. This kid says, um, this is better than being a pigeon. Hey, Mike, take a crap on something. That's the first thing that comes into mind when you're in that magical situation that you can shit on somebody's head. <laughs> and again, the effect of when they're in the rainbow was just, it was terrible. Uh, but of course, you've got the greedy kid uh, and there's yep. gold in the rainbow and he pockets a piece of the gold, uh, which isn't gold. It's like yellow in the film. I don't think they could even get the colour of the gold right. It just looked like a yellow piece of plastic. Jeez. Yeah, you know, at least try, for God's sake. And um, so he pockets that and they come out of the rainbow and then that's what starts uh, the world losing its colour and because of that isn't it some and you can tell it's a couple of months since we watched it i'm sure there's something to do because it's losing its color and this that and the other and it's stopping photosynthesis and trees and can't make oxygen and the world's going to end and everybody's going to everyone's going to suffocate i think it is it's the end of the world basically yeah. uh, unless the kid has a change of heart and has to get the gold back into the rainbow um but bullies have got the piece of that amazing piece of yellow plastic that they stole off him um which again on paper all of this you're thinking yeah, it sounds like a good romp um but the way that it's executed is just so amateurish amateurish you can see why hoskins never had like a big career as a director no 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 yeah it yeah it's just cheap and nasty looking like mm. it's almost worth, worth watching just for the weirdness of it all and the mid nose of it all but then I, I don't even think it's worth it really no it's not even one of those and we again we talked about so many haven't we so bad it's good this, oh it's not that no it's far it's far from being that it is really far from being that and um yeah, Bob Hoskins really hams it up. Is it because he was, you know, a director as well and behind the camera? Is it because of that? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And, and you have that... a Dan Aykroyd cameo. It's just like, you know, like 10 years ago, you were on top of the world. Yeah. And now you're, you're doing these. And obviously, God, he just got worse. But <laughs> It is. It's like Dan Aykroyd is as though he's acting in a little amateur dramatic panto in yeah. some village somewhere and the audience is like half full but uh, he's never been one of these guys like is he's, he's never had to come back has he no he's, he, he was you know like again like reading these books recently and he's just been huge and like but i think it's just a lot of it's down to his attitude because mm. a, bit, a bit like um not so much like probably more chevy chase actually with the attitude like, because he just came across as a prick to most people, Chevy Chase. But, um, <laughs> but he, you know, at least he had community, although yeah. he fucked that up. But, but yeah, Dan Aykroyd just never had the comeback like others had, like Eddie Murphy recently with Dolomite and mm. you know, before that. But yeah, I don't know. All he does is just seem to cling to Ghostbusters. It's yeah. a little yeah. sad. 
you know, it's like you said, it's like you said with Hoskins as well. It's like his fall from what he'd done previously to this is yeah. incredible. It really is. It is, you know, incredible. Mm. Um, it's yeah. There's, there's. I can't. I really struggled. To, I thought, right, is there anything that maybe go? Well, I could re recommend this little bit of it, but. <coughs> It was one of those, mate, and this is always a good uh, a good way of showing how it, the film doesn't have to to be amazing or have amazing effects or anything like this. It, I always go by how many times do I check how long's to go? Oh yeah, and yeah, I, I think I checked a lot of times and was severely disappointed every time by how long there was still to go. It was like, oh god, there's still there's still an hour of this, no, and then it just seems even longer as you're watching it, and it's like it became, it became a chore, to to, yeah, fin oh, to finish it, yeah. and you you just going, just get on with it, get that bit of yellow plastic, bung it back in that crappy looking rainbow, and let the world be right, and get rid of this stupid murky grey colour that's you know everywhere. Let's remake this. This is what you always say. Well, exactly. Yeah, don't you know? Don't remake Jaws, which is you know one of the best films ever made. You know, have another go at Rainbow, which, like we said, on paper, we think eh, this could be pretty good. Remake this, yeah. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Give Give me and Tom fifty million dollars, and we'll do it. <laughs> I mean, it'll cost us ten. We'll just yeah. We'll have a right good time with the rest. Yeah, twenty each. <laughs> you, you, you might see a finished product. Yeah, you might do. You might just be handed a copy of the nineteen ninety six film Rainbow. Yeah, guarantee yeah. guarantee that we'll be seeing rainbows for a long time, maybe. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this I, I I haven't even got anything else to say about it. I struggled to find anything else apart. Yeah, from and what I don't I said. think that's purely down to the time. You know, being two months since we saw it, I think it's just no. it's forgettable shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that should be uh yeah that should be the tagline if it's ever re-released on blu-ray is forgettable shit oh your fucking headache on blu-ray wouldn't it oh that would be or imagine how that would show up those uh you know the early days of those digital effects that they yeah. were doing but oh, you know it's it was it's a historic it's a, his, a movie of historic note mm. and if you do want to watch it it's on prime oh, if only bob hoskins was still alive he could have could have done like a George Lucas and redone the effects in it and everything, couldn't he? <laughs> yeah, sure he would. Rainbow, the remastered version. <laughs> the two people that would have been clamouring for it would have been ecstatic, mate. Yeah. They would. yeah. Shall we move on then to our rewatch film? Let's do it. Okay. And again, for any new listener, this is, of course, the opposite. We both watch a film that we've watched before and discuss was it worth rewatching? Well, we haven't even said, I think, well, we have said it really. Would Rainbow ever be worth a rewatch? <laughs> oh, yeah, I just called it. Well, you know, we haven't. <laughs> I did just call it a piece of forgettable shit. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Spoilers, just in case. <laughs> Definitely not worth a rewatch. Let's see if the rewatch pick was worth rewatching then and come back in a minute. Let's do it. John Travolta. I would gladly take one of your aerobic classes if uh, you let me interview you. I was really beginning to like you, too. Jamie Lee Curtis. How many times a year do you fall in love, Adam? It depends on the subject. 
He's a reporter for Rolling Stone. I might want you to be the focus of my story. She's his next story. I don't want to be the focus of anything. If this story isn't his last. I warned you not to put her name in that article. Oh! Perfect. I got a plane to catch. Another story to write. From the FBI. They could send you to jail. It's uh, a risk I'll have to take, isn't it? A reporter would never get in bed with the subject. You keep forgetting something. I'm not your subject. Do you think that uh, people that are in better shape have uh, better sex? Oh, oh. <laughs> I read your little story. You lied to me. Has he gone nuts? Too many sprouts. What is so wrong with wanting to be perfect? John Travolta, Jamie Lee Curtis, in the James Bridges film. This is to be continued. Perfect. My rewatch pick was from 1985. The film was Perfect, starring John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis. Now, I didn't know at the time when I picked it for the rewatch. I mean, I haven't, well, until December, hadn't seen it until VHS days. You know what I mean? I'm talking 20 years more. Uh, you had seen it earlier in 2019, hadn't you? Yeah, cheers. Yeah, I'd seen it about four or five months prior. <laughs> because I didn't check. I knew, you know, like we do, we have to do for the first time watch. We have to check with each other. Have you seen this or not? Until we find one that neither of us have seen. Mm. A lot of the time we don't have to do it with the rewatch because, you know, we know a lot of what we've watched. So I didn't, you know, I didn't say of you, you know, I've watched Perfect. I knew you had, but I didn't know it was that recent that you'd watched it. <laughs> well, you did offer for something else. I was like, no, no. I'd like. I'd rather just get this over. <laughs> uh, right. Let's have a look on IMDb. It is currently a four point five uh, from a, from over four thousand. Um, well, probably on average, that's a worth. It might be slightly better than Rainbow was because that was a four point two. But Ooh. obviously more people have seen Perfect than Rainbow, so I'd yeah. probably say that overall, that's on average probably a worse rating. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It is. Uh, a single-sentence synopsis on IMDb. A female aerobics instructor meets a male reporter doing a story on health clubs, but it isn't love at first sight. Right no. then. Uh, Travolta's character... In it, like it said in the synopsis, is uh, a reporter. Uh, he's he's uh, a bit of a dick, really, isn't he? Yeah. I found him, uh, and this is an interesting point as well because I watched it with Tina, as I do most of the films. She'd never seen it before. Oh, okay. This was a first time watch for her. She'd never seen it before, uh, and both of us we thought he's we didn't like his character whatsoever mm. we found him uh, annoying more than anything we found him extremely creepy uh, all, yeah. all the way through it it's like one of those characters when you're watching it and it finishes it's the whole I need a shower because he's just so creepy and we don't like him uh, so he, he goes after you know after a setup to begin with. He ends up at this health club where Jamie Lee Curtis is one of the head aerobics characters. Now, you can tell this is an 80s film, mate, because what happened to aerobics classes? Because they were absolutely 
huge. And then, are there any now? Do you, do you go somewhere well, I know. to well, an aerobics class wearing your no. wearing lycra and and leg warmers? Do you do that, Tom? <laughs> I do not. No. So um, yeah, but no, it's just one of these fads that vanished, I guess. Big business, though. You know what I mean. It was yeah, it oh was, yeah, the time. Yeah, a multi-million-dollar business, but worldwide. And you know, over here in the UK, how many people released aerobics VHS oh, yeah. from Felicity Kendall? Uh, and oh, I'm trying. Oh, the, oh my God, I saw today the newsreader Angela Rippon. Angela Rippon. She released one. And God, just Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda like ruled the world with them. <laughs> were everywhere. Uh, so it was, you know, it was it was such a big thing at the time. Uh, in part, probably due to the more or less obligatory outfits that were worn, uh, specifically by the females, with left very little to the imagination. Well, no, they yeah they didn't. But um, and the males as well. Oh well, yeah, mean, I was going to say in this film, Travolta. One yeah, memorable scene in particular. Oh, the eighties. The age. imagination for that. My God, <laughs> the age of short shorts. So the last thing you want to see is somebody sort of hunched down, thrusting. Oh, squat. Yeah, squat. That's the word, mate. Squatting down, <laughs> thrusting their hips to loud uh, disco music for far too long, actually. Um, mm. And having, if they do wear underwear, very loose underwear, it was, yeah, it was like the classic, you know, rat trying to get out of a, <laughs> out of a sack. Really, there was stuff moving everywhere. And one of the funny things is because and now we're jumping forward, and haven't really sort of outlined the story yet. Um, what story there is? It, it's <laughs> if you take out of this running time, the amount of gratuitous just put in purely for pervy let's either for his for the women let's look at john travolta's cock and balls moving around in his short shorts for five minutes at a time to loud music you take them out or you take away the scenes for the men that they've put in and it's like well here's jamie lee curtis in what was you know the fashion at the time these lycra leotards which are so high cut on the waist that you see all of her hips and have so little at the crotch that whenever she bends over, you can see 90% of her internal organs. And she bends over a lot, usually in front of a mirror, so you get, you know, everywhere. She opens her mouth and you can see 100% of her internal organs. You can see everything's full there. You take that out of it, there's not a lot left to it. <laughs> it's, it's, it is like that. It's though. Basically, let's look at these attractive people. It's like, do you know in the 90s, man? You remember in the 90s and the video stores that were once covered in, uh, you know, like low-budget horror was the thing before the video nasty thing over here. It got a point in sort of the early-ish, maybe mid-90s, where the erotic thriller became a thing. Yeah. And it was sort of everywhere. Shannon Tweed was a big one that was in, in all of those. This is almost like a precursor to those in a way, mm. but without the thriller bit, it was these like erotic, I don't know, erotic aerobic you know, that, that's, <laughs> a, yeah, that's like a really small subgenre, um, because that's that was it. It just seems to be mostly about titillation involving a sweaty Jamie Lee Curtis and a sweaty pervy John Travolta. 
Um, well, I, I guess for anybody that's not watched it and you want to know, you want to know, you know, the basic outline of the story. It is John Travolta's the annoying reporter, and he goes to this aerobics um, big place uh, where Jamie Lee Curtis is the head aerobics teacher, uh, under the pretense of doing a serious story about you know aerobics, uh, when really he's doing a story about how. It's uh, the aerobics classes are more or less a sex meetup place, and people go just to have sex with each other, which does happen a lot in this film as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to the point of like you know, a woman inviting a load of men to have sex with her in a van, and yeah. I had forgotten how how sort of ooh, slimy this film was, to be honest with you. I thought it was more, oh, this will be funny, which is in some ways because of, well, John Travolta squatting and, and thrusting his cock and balls everywhere for ages. I mean, that just got to the point where we just like, it's hysterical. But there's a lot in it that's, it's not very nice, mate, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. watching it and going, this is a bit uncomfortable in places. Were you the same? I mean, I know you'd watched it again just, Oh yeah. Previous, yeah, oh but... yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's just there's quite a lot of just unpleasant characters in it. There is. Yeah, there's a lot of unpleasant characters in it. Yeah, and it's hard to like like anyone really in it. That's the other thing, and compounded with the fact that God, it was like long. Yeah. Two hours, and like you say, so much of so many montages and shit like that. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, the sweaty erotic montage. Okay. One one thing from it though, it does give um if if you're it does give a phrase that if you're ever upset with somebody and I think this has dropped out of regular use worldwide. Um and it's used a few times in this is calling somebody uh, a real sphincter muscle. <laughs> That's a thing, isn't it? And they go over it. Because it, some, I think it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Correct me again if I'm wrong. That says um, you're a real sphincter muscle, Mike uh, Adam. That's John Travolta's yeah. character. Uh, and, and then I looked at Tina and said, "Did you just call him a sphincter muscle?" And then they they come back to it later in the film and and have a little chat about calling people a sphincter muscle. So yeah, I think that's gone out of the way. Boy George is in it, and I'd forgotten that he was in it. And the is reason, it? yeah, the reason I'd forgotten he was in it is because. Um, no, it's not Boy George's. It? It's all the Boy George lookalikes. You think Boy George is going to be in oh, it? Oh yes, of course. I was going to say yeah, he's not in it. Yeah, he's in, he's in town for a gig or something. Yeah. So you see all these people it's dressed up. Yeah. So because I'd forgotten it, it'd been so long since I watched it. I was like, oh, when's Boy George going to turn up? No, of course he doesn't turn up. It'll make it even worse for you. You're looking forward to seeing Boy George in the <laughs> film, and then he just doesn't. <laughs> just... Oh, they couldn't. They couldn't afford Boy George. No, that was it. Um, all the money went on the montage scenes. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot. Oh, my. Uh, this has just unfortunately sprung to mind. I tried to suppress it in a dark corner of my mind, but it's just gone. There is a... The scene with the male stripper is like, what the hell? And the male stripper, he's a mixture of... And I'm sure there's not a lot of people will will get one of the names is a mixture of Roger Daltrey mixed with uh, a tennis player called Vetus Gerolitis. Um, he was big in the 70s. He's like a cross between those two. And you see him, and obviously the room's full of women, and he's stripping off. He, he puts everything into so many women's mouths 
We're watching it and he's going, he's not going to do oh, that, is he? He drops his balls onto one woman's head. Not graphically, of course, you know. But it leaves hardly anything to the imagination. And you think, oh, this scene's going to finish in a minute. And it doesn't. It just goes on and on. And it goes back to what I said, you know, a few minutes ago. It's like, well, here's another scene for people who like to see men with the junk out. Yeah, it'll... like, in fairness, it's pretty equal opportunities. <laughs> it is. You can't argue with it about that, mate. It is definitely equal opportunities, whether you're like men or women uh, with hardly anything on doing, inverted commas, sexy moves, because some of them are not quite so sexy as they think they're doing. Uh, it's, it's all there for you, you know? Uh, the woman... Because I've just flicked that I made a few notes. The woman that I said that like has invites a lot of sex with with men. She's not got a good um, sort of self esteem about herself. The line that she says is, "I'll go and see if I can scare up a gang bang." Yeah, and it's like, and then you find out later that she had six fellas in a van. Yeah. Hmm. Mm is yeah we were not shocked watching it but and not disturbed we were oh disappointed probably <laughs> that we were I'm expecting disappointed we, we were expecting such a different film and what we got was it was we just we didn't Apart from taking the piss, like I said, out of certain scenes, we didn't enjoy it. It would do all the way through was this. Ugh, ugh, look, why? I don't like that character. I don't like what that character's doing. That's a bit. Ooh, you know, and we're not prudes, you know, don't get me wrong with that. But it's like, it just, it didn't. There's something about the whole atmosphere of the film that's just a little bit off kilter and a little bit yeah. off putting. Uh, yeah, it's very much of the time, and yeah, it is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it did have that. Like I always, I, like I, you know, it, it's unpleasant character and unpleasant vibes to it. it sort of reminded me of a flash dance. <laughs> I always found that film unpleasant, and like no, none yeah. of the characters likable in it. So it kind of reminded me of that. That sort of eighties mm. attitude, like, but the unpleasant sort of side. Yeah. So. And this really cranks it up to the max. And the end credit sequence is absolutely bizarre. With It's like one of those 80s television shows, you know, where everybody's waving at the camera. You know, here's so-and-so played by so-and-so, and then, you know, pose. Oh, yeah, yeah. This will be, be for the end credits. <laughs> it's like, that's the best bit, because we were just pissing ourselves laughing watching that, because we were thinking, please, when it gets to John Travolta, let him be squatting in those shorts <laughs> and just do one last thrust to the camera. <laughs> And featuring John Travolta's cock. (laughs) Gets its own credit, one of those, and starring. (laughs) John Travolta and his cock and balls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't... I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I'm sort of glad I re-watched it because I had... I really had forgotten everything about it. Apart from obviously, you know, the all the, with, since the rise of social media, that, I mean that animated, animated gif of John Travolta in his shorts, just thrusting, is everywhere. You can see it anyway. 
So I need to watch that for hours. I th- you know what, mate? People would be better watching that for... I'm just looking at the running time. It's five minutes short, two hours. Too long. Which, too like you said, it's far too well, long. It is far too long. And it would be it would be like a 90-minute film if you took out those ridiculous, thrusty, sweaty montages. Which, yeah, just lose lose their humour after a while because... One in particular just goes on where he's in the class where he's doing that squatty thrust and she's in front of the mirror bending over and they're looking at each other. It goes on and on and on and <laughs> it should do because it was going on that long. We started looking at uh, at the people around him because oh, you're thinking like extras watching yeah you go oh, obviously I'm the, the the guy next to him is the one to watch because obviously he thought oh, i'm in a film with john travolta and he's like i'm next to him i'm gonna be you know i'm gonna be on screen i'm gonna be all and he was like going for it like mad he was like proper hamming it up so that added a little bit more enjoyment just watching everybody else in it uh but yeah one word review uh slimy would be my because that's how it felt. I felt like I was covered in slime after watching it. <laughs> Not in a good way. Not in a good way, mate. No. Uh, yeah, just un- weird. Like, kind of unpleasant. Not as so bad. I as yeah. Not as so bad. It's good as I hoped for. Just over long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> yeah, thoroughly disappointed, mate. Really, really yeah. was. When you when yeah, and like this is the main point I was going to make about it, actually. It's hard to make it during talking about the film itself. But what is John, what does John Travolta do? Like every time he has something big, he almost seems like he goes out of his way to try and fucking ruin it for himself. <laughs> so like Saturday Night Fever, and then he goes off and does you know as much as I love staying alive, shit, <laughs> <laughs> and as much as and and then and this, and then like he you know he, his career sort of vanishes, and Tarantino puts him in Pulp Fiction. Huge positive criticism, you know, positive mm. reviews, and like he's back. Then he does Battlefield Earth, <laughs> and then it all sort of dwindles away again. And then he is critically acclaimed for uh, the American Crime Story, the O.J. Simpson thing. Yeah, and Face Off as well. I mean, it's great in Face Off. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was the same. Yeah, sort of. So earlier on, yeah, yeah. So yeah, then he's back and he does that. And then he does a fanatic, <laughs> and it's like, you, like I, 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 you know, we've, met, we've sort of hinted about talking about a fanatic in a future show, but like, why does he seem like yeah he goes out of his way to try and fuck his career up? <laughs> it like, does seem that way. It, it really does. So it's just like, okay, okay, sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Fine, fair enough. He wasn't to know. Hmm. Um, but like oh this is a science fiction movie written by the man who invented Scientology (laughs) (laughs) or oh this is a thing where I have to play a um, disadvantaged person and it's written and directed by Limp Biscuit from Man Fred Durst (laughs) it's like what the fuck man why are you trying to sabotage your own career (laughs) he's doing it quite well yeah, he doesn't need any help with that. That's for sure. He's doing a damn good job of it. <laughs> I can't talk now. I have to poo. That is probably one of the the best opening lines in a film ever. And <laughs> uh, yes, 
Yes, dear listeners, but, me, but t- me, t- <laughs> me, Tom and Tina are going to be recording a spotlight show all about the Fanatic. So if you haven't watched it yet, please go and watch it and then get ready for the show where we discuss it. And if you don't want to watch it before then, uh, I'm sure our conversation will will raise people's interest in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've got nothing to say, mate, apart from just to reiterate that I was like kind of shocked at the film it was to what I was expecting. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I, I would not. Um, the obvious question is: Would you, would a, would it would be a, there? Would there be another rewatch? But uh, that's uh, the old. That's fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> if I shame on you, <laughs> there would not be a third time. No, no, me neither. That's it for me now. Um, I've had enough of. Uh, Sweaty John Travolta in shorts for one lifetime. That's it. <laughs> oh, well, poor showmate with our films this time. Yeah. Both of them were a letdown. Well, I knew one was going to be because I'd already seen it so recently. And, you know, like <laughs> Rainbow, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, let's take another break. We'll come back in a minute and we shall tell everybody the two films for the next show. I'm a secret lemonade drinker. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I'm trying to give it up, but it's one of those nights. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, lemonade. I'm a secret lemonade drinker. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, lemonade. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, lemonade. And we are back. And it's time to choose the two movies for the February show. And it's my turn to pick the first time watch. And like I said earlier, you know, I have to check with Tom to make sure what's up. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? So the first one that I sent, luckily, he hadn't seen because the replies that I got, uh, the first one just said, do you? And then straight after it was a message saying, do you hate me? (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) Because of the film I had picked. Here's something for you, mate, because I've tried to find it on IMDb. I have. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime here in the UK. It's called yeah. Giant Killer Ants. and uh, But on IMDb, it's called Dead Ant. It was made in 2017. Spoilers. <laughs> <Fucking> hell. <laughs> it was made in 2017. So you may be thinking, well, what's the 80s connection? Well, Sean Astin is one of the stars of it. Right away, there's the 80s connection. But that is not the 80s connection that made me pick it. It's because it's to do with a 90... And it's set in present day, obviously. Well, in 2017. It's about a 1989 one-hit wonder glam metal band called Sonic Grave that come back for another gig, hoping that they can... uh, Reclaim past glories uh, at, at a place called, and they've named it wrong on IMDb because I did watch the trailer for it. On IMDb, they've called it Coachella, which is a music festival. In the yeah. film, it's called No Cella. I think we're in for a lot of puns with this film, mate. And uh, while they're there, and it's, of course it's out, you know, out in the in, in the outback, it's in the desert somewhere. At this music festival, No Cella, something happens, and a shitload of giant killer ants appear. And yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, I just an, you. An, an aging 80s glam metal band 
battling giant ants. I mean, what could go wrong? It's it has to be a hit. Well, these sort of films, you know, like as long as when they try to be bad, it's always, it's always, you know, you know, we'll see. We'll I prefer, see. As you know, I prefer films to be organically bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, let's see. Everybody will find out uh, in the February show. They'll also find out, mate, uh, what your rewatch pick is, because even though I said earlier, swap in, sometimes we'll know. And uh, I don't know what you're going to say. No, no well, I've is... got a question first, Ooh, uh, which on hinges on everything, I guess. Ooh. Obviously, you've got Prime. Have yeah. you done a free trial of Full Moon on Prime yet? No. Oh, well, good, because please do. Um, well, I did a free trial uh, on New Year's Eve because me and uh, Yali came around and we watched a couple of movies and one of them was on there and I just let it go because it's only three ninety nine a month. Yeah. And all of uh, Full Moon production movies are on there pretty much. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm fairly confident, like, you must have said this. So my movie pick is directed by Albert Pugh. Oh, okay. That name's got me excited already. And it stars Tim Thomason. Oh, and there's another name that got me excited. From 1991, it is Dollman. Oh, my, yeah. Again, the last time I saw that, VHS, way back when. So Yeah, I saw this a few, five or six years ago. <coughs> Excuse oh. me, five or six years ago. <coughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> I got to the end. <coughs> the thought of Dollman has just finished you off. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, I saw it about five or six years ago, and I loved it. So... Oh wow! Yeah, I'm looking forward to this yeah, again. Really like, so will that retain? Because that's not that's not a, you know, not my verdict now. Mm. So yeah, it's on there. There's, and if you look at that, you know, you'll get that uh, free that free trial. Is it a month or a week? I can't remember. It's probably yeah. a week. Yeah, it's usually a week, isn't it? That we can, you yeah, can you're... subscribe and then immediately unsubscribe, and you've got it free for a I week. Think, yeah, and then that week, I think you'll pretty much be just living off that channel. <laughs> I used to love full moon films. Used it's to always... all on there, man. They're all on there. Like, I'll just quickly call it up. But yeah, I watched. Um, there's like Nemesis is on mm. there. There's there's more recent ones as well. Intruder, Demonic Toys, Pit of a Pendulum, Ginger Dead Man, that weird Doctor Strange one that they had to change their names for. Um, all the Trances movies, Creepazoids, <laughs> the Dynamic. All like caged women and all of those sort of films that they did. Oh, this is amazing. I'm definitely going to have to subscribe to that for a... Well, at least take that week free trial anyway. And, Real and Naughty Vice Girls too. I'm just... I've got to go now and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of everything. Um, well, that'll be really good because, again, it's one of those and with no exaggeration, 20 years plus since I've watched it. Oh, fantastic. And cannot remember a thing about it i'm sure when i'm watching it little things will pop into my mind oh yeah but if there was you know like a pop quiz now and you know tell me one thing about that apart from him being small i wouldn't i wouldn't have a clue mate so yeah that, that's a great pick yeah excellent mm. excellent excited Look, about that excited about that channel as well like that's yeah i don't yeah, know how that's... that's passed me by as i've been scrolling through well, I do know how it's passed me by as I've been scrolling through Amazon. It's because it's a shit UI on it, and you just constantly—it's mm. like just revamp, the, you know, the user interface on it because it's just messy. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a bit all over the place. But no, I—the one we watched was utter shit. But um, I can't remember what it was called. But uh, it was just how much more there was 
on there. It's like, yeah, keeping this. Yeah. Just, just, just like, I don't think they add a lot to the channel, but um, I'm just going to keep it just as long as it takes me to just rattle through all the Trances films and the Demonic Toys films and the yeah. Hitmaster films. And then I'm like, they're not going to add anything more I want to see. Then I've got, they've got all the old ones on there. I'll yeah. watch them and then I'll cancel it. So Yeah, that's what I'd want to see. All the old stuff that I haven't seen in such a long time. Yeah, revisit revisit them, yeah. And I think it's like quite good. Like, I can't remember what it was we watched, but the picture quality was really good. <laughs> that's a really good thing because some of these, and we talked about it in a previous show, haven't we? When when you stopped here again and we watched a few, you know, and there was one, you know, that, oh, what was it called? The Wind film. Yeah, and it was like Wind. that was it. Even though the film was pretty shit, the picture quality was amazing on it. It was, you know. Yeah, we watched The Occultist, um, which was from 1988, and Mike, we went on the the poster and the synopsis. Um, a cyborg private eye is hired to protect a Caribbean president visiting New York City. <laughs> Unknown to him, the president's daughter is in league with his country's rebels who are trying to assassinate him. So it was just like, yes, there's a scene. And there's even a scene where he shoots a bullet out of his dick. <laughs> but it's so boring. Oh, no. It starts, it starts off like the first five minutes, and then it's just talking and talking, and they move somewhere else and talk. It's one of them where it's just nothing happens until the end where you just don't care. Yeah. Anything could happen. You could show up in it, Hellworld style. I wouldn't, you'd be like, like that might actually be like, what? Uh, we, yeah, Yelly and I both tuned out by that point. <laughs> oh, it's it's a, such a pain when they're let down like that. Especially yeah. when you think, you know, this this is going to be so good and it's not. Oh. Well, I, I, I'm hoping then that the uh, the February show is not going to give us two duds. I'm sure, I'm sure it won't. I do yeah, have I fond think... memories of Dollman, even though I... And again, this is the great thing. This is why I love these shows as well. The, to, you know, especially the rewatch one. The times where you go in, oh yeah, Dolman, yeah, good film. And then somebody says, "What happens?" And you go in, "I've not a clue." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, will it, will it hold up? Yeah, great pick, mate. Great pick. Looking forward Excellent. to that. Uh, shall we close off the show then? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, usual stuff. Website sixty minutes with uk. I contact us form on there. Email is direct, contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram at 60minuteswith, and we're on Reddit, search for 60 Minutes With Podcast. Lots of ways you can get in touch with us, uh, and please do. We always like to hear from you. And uh, what else was there? What's been, what's been happening? Oh, I would like to say, because uh, I know a lot of people that listen to the podcasts uh, don't follow us on social media, and in fact, I've had emails from listeners. Thank you. Uh, that don't even have social media. So I do know, just want to say a personal thank you to, we had this, there's a lot going on. I'll put a link to it again uh, in the podcast notes. There was a fundraising going on to help keep us online for this year. Uh, in two weeks, it surpassed the target to keep us, the website and the podcast online for a year. I want to thank everybody that uh, retweeted, that helped with that. Everybody, of course, that generously donated to it. Um, everybody behind the scenes here at 60 Minutes With, which obviously includes you as well, Tom, all the gang that has, through this horrible time that's been going on, you, you know about it. We don't always put everything up online. Uh, the support uh, from all of the gang here, which, of course, listeners, you just hear us on the podcast and everything's fine and you see the written reviews and, and all's good. Um, but I've got, I just want to thank the awesome team of people that we've got here who are not just the 60 Minutes With team, they're friends. 
so thank you as well. It's made like a massive difference, and I'm so pleased that like you know this, this some of the weight has gone off me. And mm-hmm. this year we know 60 minutes. We, we, we're going to keep doing the news, the reviews on the website, uh, and more importantly the podcasts, and keep doing those. That's assured for all of this year. So uh, yeah. Yeah, huge thank you to everybody for that. I will repeat this on uh, the entertainment show that's upcoming because, again, I know people that listen to the podcast don't always listen to every single one. Yeah. Uh, you know, pick and choose. That's what I think is one of the strengths of us. We've got different format shows. You don't like one, um, you know, try this. <laughs> you know, we, we, we can do that. So I will, I will be saying the same thing on the entertainment show, but I just wanted to get it out there a few times so people that don't have social media know about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, competitions. Obviously, Twitter's the main thing for that. There's uh, so many lined up for this year already. We started off the year. For those that are not on Twitter, we gave away a package from the with the fabulous people at Fabulous Films. It was a package of DVDs and Blu-rays that was worth just under a hundred pounds. Uh, that's, wow. I mean, that's how you start the year with a competition, right? <laughs> it's like I've got so many lined up already that currently takes us through to the end of March, uh, and we're always like two months in advance with stuff to give away which is always good and i have said before as well i do want to start giving more away to podcast listeners and uh, so when i get the chance because a lot of it's to do with release dates and this that and the other and not everybody you know listens to the podcast immediately there could be people listening to this in 2022 and for the very first time um she do try to give a little bit of time uh, to give away stuff not always possible but I'll do my best this year to uh, podcast listener-only competitions as well, which will yeah. be nice. Yeah. Right. That's it, mate. We're done. We finally... It's not often we, we go to a double show like this, like December, January. You know, we've we've been really good. Getting one done every month. We're back to yeah. the monthly yeah, show again. That was just December happened to yeah, us. Yeah, it did. And um, yeah, we, yeah, it wasn't a, the greatest... Oh, it's sad <laughs> when you don't get to enjoy Christmas month, but like... Mm. You know, this happens sometimes. Yeah, so. shit happens. And uh, but yeah, we'll be we'll be back in February, and uh, yeah, talking about giant ants and a doll man. Well, yeah, the thing oddly. How weird is that? Yeah, something that should normally be tiny, an ant is giant, and something that should be big, a man, is tiny. Yeah. Wow. Mm. We did plan that, folks. We did not plan that. That was <laughs> that weak link. <laughs> that very weak link that we've got, but it's there. We'll take it. <laughs> right, shall we disappear, mate? And um, I think that, yeah, might have time to watch another film and uh, and log it on Letterboxd. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Well, until next time, we'll bugger off and, uh, and say goodbye, shall we? Let's do that. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs>